0: Hello and welcome to Devos with D. I'm Pastor D and I'm from the Heights Church and we are going to be in a three-part series called Encouraged by Love. And when I think of the word love, I always think of God because he's always there for us. But have you ever thought that you could be encouraged by love? I don't care who you are on the face of the planet, everyone needs to be encouraged. I know I like to be encouraged by friends and family, and sometimes even strangers encourage me. But there is no encouragement like encouragement from God. But let's get right into the lesson, okay? All right then. We are going to be looking at what is so important about God's love. Because it is important, and we need to know why. The first thing is, God is love. It's hard to grasp, but he is love. His very essence is love. He always acts out of a place of love. And I can't say that I always do. I want to. I'm striving to do that. I want to be more like God. But God never misses when it comes to acting out of a place of love. The second thing is God loves everyone. I don't care who you are, you were created in the image and likeness of God and God loves you. The third thing is, God sent his son, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die and redeem us from sin, and not only just to redeem us from sin, but to reestablish relationship with him. And I think this is conclusive evidence that God loves us. The fourth thing is, God's love is seasoned with unconditional, eternal grace and forgiveness. Isn't that good? No matter what you've done, maybe you just did something today that you said, oh, I wonder if God will forgive me. Yes, God will forgive you. Just turn to him and tell him and release it to him and he will forgive you. How can love encourage us? Because I just said that it does encourage us. Well, God wants the best for us. And so love, you can think of it that way. If you think of God as love, love wants the best for us. God loves us because he loves us. It's just as simple as that. He has no ulterior motives. And I don't know if you've ever met anyone else on the planet that didn't have some sort of reason for doing something for you or saying they loved you. Even sometimes our parents have ulterior motives. Okay, think about that. Well, let's look at this. God loves us as we are. Yes, yet he doesn't leave us that way. So he may find us in a certain condition, but he doesn't leave us that way. God always has a better way. He always has a better idea. That's what Ford, the Ford Motor Company used to say. They had a better idea. And I always thought God has a better idea than even the Ford Motor Company. He has a better way of being and of doing. Neither you nor I ever have to earn his love. Not for one minute. We don't have to work up. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to jump through any hoops. And I know we might have to jump through hoops for bosses and, you know, sometimes even for family. But we do not have to jump through hoops to be loved by God. He loves us because he loves us. We are going to be looking at a scripture in Zephaniah chapter 3. Now, you may have never even heard of Zephaniah. There's a Zechariah, and then this is Zephaniah. So if you have your Bible, you know, open it to Zephaniah chapter 3. And I want to just give you a little historical background of what's going on in Zephaniah chapter 3. The first thing is, God is making a contrast between wickedness, and specifically, he's talking about Jerusalem. Or I can even say he's talking about his people He's making the difference between wickedness and a righteous God. Then he promises to restore even though judgment has to be executed. He's going to have to dole out judgment because they are not walking with him, but he's going to still restore them because he loves them. And so even when we don't do what we're supposed to do, which sometimes we don't, God will restore us. He always wants to bring us back into right relationship with him. Then God rejoices as his people turn back to him. God is excited. He's glad when we turn back to him after we, you know, maybe we've walked away totally, or maybe we've just kind of turned our back each day because we've got so busy into other things. But God is so glad when we come back and say, Lord, I know I have poured my time into other things that don't really count but I want to turn back to you. God rejoices with that. That's exciting to hear. Now let's look into Zephaniah chapter three. We're going to be looking at verse 17. It says there in the NIV, the Lord is with you. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you but will rejoice over you with singing. Woo-wee! God is singing over us. Can you even imagine that? I remember when I used to sing over my children when they were small. And you know what? They always remembered that little song that I would sing to them as they're falling off to sleep because I love them and I rejoiced over them. And I want it to be a blessing to them. And I wanted them to live long and prosper. I wanted them to have great things in their life. I wanted them to be all God wanted them to be. I sang over them. God sings over us. I am just excited to hear that. So let's look at what is it saying to us in Zephaniah chapter 3 in that verse, the 17th verse. And I want to just break it down into three main points. And if you don't remember anything else that I say, maybe you want to hone in on these three points. The first is, the Lord is with us. Isn't that encouraging? He is in our midst. This should be an antidote against fear and doubt. John Gill's exposition of the Bible says this, God is near at hand to support and supply, to assist and strengthen, to protect and defend. He is not only near by his essential presence, which is everywhere, and his providential presence, which is concerned with all his creatures, but by his gracious presence, peculiar to his church and his people, which is sufficient security from all fears and dismays, or feelings of alarm, concern, or agitation. He's there. He won't leave us, even if everybody else decides they want to leave us, if all others are gone. Mankind may kick us to the curb at the drop of a hat, yet God says no one can snatch us from his hand. He has got us. I remember when my children were small and we'd get ready to cross some major street. Maybe they were two or three years old and I would have their hand because you know how little children like to, you know, run or twist or, you know, not kind of do what you you want them to do, especially when crossing a major street with all these cars bearing down on you. But I would hold their hand tightly and I could feel them kind of pulling, trying to get away but I would hold on tight. And I believe God is holding on tight. And maybe you have even wiggled your hand out because you say, oh God, I don't want you holding on to me. But God is ready and willing to receive you back. He wants to hold your hand. He wants to be there for you. Just like I was there for my children to protect them from the harm of cars running over them. The second point is, he is not mad at you. I know many of you may have thought he was mad, but he is not mad at you. He may have to deal with us because of our sin, but his mercies, they say in Lamentations 3.22, his mercies are new every morning. He's pleased when we repent from our sin and turn from it. Yeah, God is waiting. Maybe you've been away for quite a while. Maybe you've been away for years. Maybe some of you have been away for months, but he's waiting for you to turn away from whatever it it was that drew you away. It may not even be a bad thing that drew you away. Sometimes good things will draw you away from God and you'll get so distracted. You won't even read your devotions. You won't read your Bible. You won't go to church because you're all drawn off by other things. But God is always waiting. He's always willing. He's always eager to take you back and sin will destroy us, and he knows that. So that's why he wants us to turn away from those things that are going to ultimately tear our lives to pieces. Didn't he send his son to buy us back? Think about that. Who would do that for an enemy? Hmm, something to think about, huh? So God is not your enemy. He extends his favor. He's excited to pour out his love on all of us. Let's look at Isaiah 62 and 3 in the Amplified. Are you ready? Isaiah 62 and 3 in the Amplified. You will also be considered a crown of glory and splendor in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem exceedingly beautiful in the hand of God. God thinks you're just gorgeous. Sometimes people think they're so ugly because this world might tell them they have to look be or look or weigh a certain amount before they can be beautiful. God thinks you're gorgeous, that you're a, a jewel in his crown. Isn't that wonderful? Ah, oh, if you could only imagine what God thinks of you, you would not be depressed or out of sorts because of what other people are saying, because God sees you a totally different way. The third thing is, the final point, God delights in you. Didn't I say back there that God is singing over you? Ha! This is so good. God delights in you. We are important to the living God. He considers us the salt of the earth, a light on a hill. He considers us the apple of his eye. I think we truly underestimate the joy God has for his people even though we have many weaknesses. Don't you delight in those you love? I know I do. I love my children. And I'm always eager to hear from them. I'm always glad when I talk to them. I just delight in them. And that's the way God feels about you. Can you imagine, again, God singing over us? I can't get away from that just meditate on that. God is singing. I I bet the song is beautiful. I don't know what what it sounds like, but I I just know it's gorgeous. That he's loving you so much and singing over you and wanting the best for you. So in conclusion, I want to share some final things with you. The first is the God of all, the creator of the universe, the alpha and the omega is not our enemy. He's not. I hope you believe me. He is not our enemy. The second thing is he is a true friend and a father. He is steady. He's consistent. He will be there. He will be by our side. The third thing is we're not alone in life because sometimes we are so way out there. We think ah, we're just stranded. No one to help. No one cares, but God is always there. You are not alone. When we meditate on all of this, when you meditate on the things that I've shared with you, you can't help but be encouraged. I don't care what you say about, oh, i this girl, No, you can't help but be encouraged when you hear how God feels about you not just me. Sometimes people think, well, you're a pastor. So he feels, no, I am just a person like you and God doesn't love me any more than he loves you. So he's doling out love for those who are his children. Believe you me. And I'm just glad. And I want you to know you can be glad because God loves you. I want to share this final quote and then I'm done. I don't know who the author of this quote is. It's, it's anonymous as far as I know. The person said, yes, God is mighty. Yes, he is powerful. Yes, his glory is loud and clear. But none of this is as great as his love for us. He loves us beyond power, beyond might, and beyond glory. Hallelujah. He loves you. Thanks for being here. Let's pray. Father, I just give you thanks and praise. We're excited to find out about the love that you have for us. Thank you for pouring out your love on us. Thank you that it's a help in the storm, that it encourages us when days are dark, that it uplifts us when things go wrong. Thank you, God. We love you. We esteem you. We we just lift up our voice in praise to you, and we give you the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, and I hope you'll continue to join me for the next two parts of Encouraged by Love. Have a great week. I love you.